You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Welcome to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I am phenomenal. After a rough start to the morning, we are here and I am excited to answer your question. What's what's going on? What can I help you with? All right. So I went to two different high schools, two different colleges. I studied violin performance in my undergrad, and then I decided that I wanted to become a doctor. So I went to post back in New York. Okay. Um, and then I transferred post backs as well. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just, I've been going back and forth. I've been doing music during this whole process until COVID hit. And when COVID hit, it was like, I really just want to do medicine. Um, but even that's been kind of rocky. And so I freaked out, started my master's because I was like, shoot, what do I do? I was scribing and my doctor was kind of like, why don't you try informatics? Like you like math, that's data analytics. Like you might like that. So in the middle of that program, but I just can't let go of wanting to become a doctor. Yeah. I'm just like, I just want it. So now I'm studying <laughs> for my app, but I don't know how to show med school that I, I don't have commitment issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think luckily they don't ask you how many high schools you went to. So that's not a problem. They, they don't need to know about that. Um, lots of students change undergrads. So, so that's not an issue. Now, I'm a little confused because... You said at some point you realized, I want to be a doctor. And then there's this whole, well, what about informatics and, and this other stuff? Where was some doubt creeping in? Was it just self-doubt? Was it you weren't performing well in, in your master's program or your post-bac program, whatever it was? What, why was there this potential diversion even after you've decided to, to want to go to medical school? So, um, our, so I was working as a scribe at an orthopedic clinic and our EHR system got hacked. And so we had to basically transfer all of our patient documents from one thing to another, like manually. And so I was in the clinic from like 6am to 12am sometimes just to like get everything in order and prepare for the next day. And I was taking OCHEM 2, BioCHEM, and Cancer Bio at that time. And my body just kind of fell apart. (laughs) I got really sick. I just, I literally, I couldn't handle it. And I couldn't get out of bed. Um, And it was not because of COVID, but because I literally physically, like, my body just collapsed. And um, yeah, I couldn't go into work for a week. I just needed to recover. And then I freaked out because I'm like, well, this is what residency is going to be like. Clearly, I'm not (laughs) smart enough to handle all this. And I dropped cancer bio and biochem. I passed failed ochem. So I'm done with like the prereqs um, because I, I, well, at least in California, most schools don't require biochem. But I'm realizing now as I do more research that biochem is actually very important. And a lot of schools do require it. Especially for the MCAT too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely realizing that. Um, okay. So that's kind of why I pivoted last minute and okay. I started this master. But I do have a decent post-bac GPA. I have a 3.96 okay. just because of the path and COVID. Yeah. <laughs> helped out with that. Yeah. How many uh, credits? Uh, in total for my pre-med? Yeah. For, it, your, for your post-bac? 
It's just the gen chem, physics, ochem, and then the bio. Okay. So not a lot of, of credits yeah. for your post-bac. And then what about your undergraduate GPA? How was that? I have a 3.9, but that's in music. Yeah. And that's fine. So <clears throat> the, your, your GPA is not a concern, right? It's, yeah. it's just a matter of you need some more potential uh, prereqs, right? Have you done the whole Gen Chem series, the whole bio series, the whole physics series? Uh, you've done all of those. It just seems like you said some of them are pass fail. So that's potentially why some of those credits aren't, aren't counting towards your GPA. Got right. it. Okay. So I think that, that you're, you're going on fine there. Your, your concern is the commitment issue, right? Of, of why you keep hopping around. Now, undergrad is one thing. Lots of students change to undergrads. That's not an issue. The question would be, why did you hop around your post back as well? Was that this whole, like, you got burned out and had to stop and then you restarted at another place? Is that what that is? Um, partially, I don't have a good reason in why I changed my post back. And I think that's where I struggle. Um, at the time I was burned out. I went straight from undergrad to the post back. I didn't have like a break mm. and going from music to med or science courses was also kind of a switch. And I was also doing music at the same time. And I just, I don't know. I just wanted to be back home in LA, like New York city is a tough city. And yeah. Um, and I was going against like the smartest kids in the U S which also was like, not a wise move for me to go from like Mississippi, like where everything is like Southern hospitality and, you know, people over grades and then going to New York city, Columbia, where it's like grades are everything and competition is everything. And, um, I'm really grateful that I did decently, but that environment was really hard for me, but going to USC, I realized any kind of pre-med world is kind of brutal period because you have to fight for every point. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. Got it. So your biggest concern is really the questions that are come from you hopping around undergrad and, and post-bac slash masters, whatever. Um, It's not an issue, right? I, I think a lot of students, whatever it is as part of your journey, students will be like, well, what are they going to think about that? And what are they going to think about that? And, oh my gosh, they're going to think this. And oh my gosh, they're going to think that. Like nobody cares. Right? And unless you're like withdrawing every other class, unless you're past failing every other class pre COVID, like they're not going to care. There are a million and one reasons for, for why students transfer programs or stop one program and start another regardless of transferring right and and during covid there are lots of reasons why right lots of people are like well if i'm just going to sit at home all day long i don't want to pay outrageous rent for new york city i'm just going to go back and move in with my parents and do whatever i need to do whatever that looks like so i think when you're explaining it i don't think i would explain well the pressure and and the competition got to me I would I I would come up with a different reason, a better reason than I can't handle the heat um, because medical school is going to be just as brutal. Yes, hopefully you go to a good school where your classmates are great and there's not a lot of competition. But in reality, and I, I don't talk about this a ton. In reality, you're all competing again, right? You're all competing for that next thing. Uh, and, and, and I don't like to call it a competition because, again, like there 
it residency is very different <laughs> residency there are very limited spots for everything um there there are enough spots for us grads there's there's lots of arguments around that but depending on what type of specialty you want to go into if it's super super competitive then you need the best board scores and and yes you can't literally beat that person next to you like your your 99th percentile board score doesn't guarantee a spot over someone who gets 97th percentile board score. And so there's really no harm in being collaborative, right? My whole collaboration, not competition motto still works in medical school, but lots of students think it's it's a big competition again. So all saying, right, all, all to say, don't give the medical schools any sort of fear that you are going to burn out in medical school because of that competition level again. Right. Right. So I have to also have faith in myself that I'm not going to get burned out, which is something, which is something else. Right. Cause I think that's, that's something that I, man, it's hard. Like, how do I know what my potential is? How do I know, like, you know, what my limits are? Um, yeah. and can I handle the heat? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that just comes from a lot of deep reflection and trying to figure out what has triggered you in the past to burn out. It sounds like previously being in the clinic from 6 a.m. to 12 a.m., right, for for that long, what is that, 18 hours, like anyone would burn out, especially when it's like just busy work and it's not literally like doing the thing that you think you love. Working 18 hours in a hospital taking care of patients, charting, talking to other team members, doing all of that kind of stuff for patient care is very different than busy paperwork. So the motivations behind what you're doing is very different. And the, the kind of reward that you get from doing it is very different. And, and I, would, I would assume, I would hope that 18 hours in a hospital actually doing patient care is going to light you up versus mm -hmm. draining you down to to bare bones in the clinic, which caused you to burn out because you're just you're just doing monotonous paperwork. Yeah, that's a good point. Where do I? Where can I experience that? I mean, should I just start volunteering at a hospital and see if I can? Yeah, and at the end of the day, you need to make sure every student needs to make sure that you like being around patients. Now, I love scribe work as clinical experience, but it's a little bit removed from patient care, right? Because it's a little bit more admin. You're just doing a lot of typing. You're part of the team. It's great experience, but it doesn't give you that same satisfaction and joy of actually talking to, interacting with, touching a patient. And so if you want to keep scribing, great if you're, if you're still doing it. But I would also add on something else that gets you a little bit closer to patients so that you can interact with them and make sure that they light you up the way that you you hope they're going to for the rest of your career. Gotcha. So I just recently got a job at PPD. I don't know if you've heard of that company. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's a clinical research company okay. and I'm working as a project assistant. My okay. start date is next week. Is it a CRO? Sort of. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. So if I, if I were to, I guess, like get a promotion right now, it's per diem. So I can do like my school study for the MCAT and work at the same time. But if I were to get a promotion, I would be a clinical research associate. Okay. Um, I, I don't get patient interaction, but I do get to learn like how to do the IRB, do clinical research stuff. Like, so that's like not going to help me with my med school stuff at all. That's just for me to make money on the side and yeah. put food on. And I wouldn't really look at it from a, is it going to help with medical school? I would look at it going back to the core question that we just asked is, is it, is it going to get you the exposure that you need to prove to yourself? Because it sounds like there's still a little bit of self-doubt, self-doubt inside of you as to whether or not this is exactly what you want. Man. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> we get to the core of the problem here. Ah, that's like a stab in the heart, but like, it's like true, but yeah, it's like a little sting. And, 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 and honestly, maybe you do know this is what you want, but the self doubt and fear is just crowding that out and you need to work on that. So uh, it's, it's kind of six of one, half a dozen of another, um, Mm -hmm. where if you truly know this is what you want but self-doubt is creeping in, you either get more of that clinical experience, which is the same, I would say, if you had the the doubt of whether or not this is what you want, you just get more clinical experience to start pounding out, beating out of your head the self-doubt of, is this truly what I want, right? Because it sounds like you can do it from an academic standpoint. That's not a concern. And that's a big issue for a lot of people where self-doubt comes in. For you, you've had a couple bouts where you've burned out. And it seems like those are very, from what you've told me, very reasonable situations where kind of anyone would get burnt out in those situations. And and that is going to be very different than medical school and residency. And, and the likelihood is that you're going to get burnt out in those situations as well. And so the best thing that you can do for yourself is number one, always, always, always keep in the, the front of your mind that you have to come first, right? We have this false kind of narrative in medicine that we have to put the patients first. And I think it's stupid, right? If, if you don't take care of yourself, then you're not going to be able to take care of other people. So I always had this motto in the hospital where food comes first, right? If, if I'm hypoglycemic because I haven't eaten in, in 12, 14, 16 hours, right? And, and I'm going to a code and I fall face first on the floor because I haven't eaten anything, like I'm not doing anyone any good. So I'm going to take an extra three minutes and, and go eat a protein bar, or go do something. And, and the patient can wait a couple extra minutes, right? Food comes first. And so number one, take care of yourself first. Sleep, exercise, eat, hydrate, right? All of the normal kind of stuff, little, a little meditation, whatever you need, whatever works for you. And then, and then you need to, you, you need to just make sure that you enjoy being around patients and, and that is, is what you want and, and you enjoy that. And then the rest will come. The burnout potentially will happen. And then it's how do you deal with it, right? How do you recognize the signs of, of burnout and, and, and just go from there, right? It's, it's self-care. At the end of the day, it's self-care as you go through this process. Yeah, that's good. That's like one step deeper than 
I had been thinking about it. So thank you. Yeah. For that. You are welcome. What else? GPA for grad school. How much does it matter? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you just talked about your GPA being good. What's, what's going on with your GPA for grad school? I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's not bad. It's not, a 4.0. <laughs> oh like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I what, mean, I don't know. So, like, so ask, yeah. So, yeah. so riddle me this. Why are you doing grad school? Um, it's like a backup plan so that if I <laughs> do med school stuff, then at least I can become like a health care data analyst mm-hmm. person. Yeah. And so you just had some extra money laying around. You're like student loans, whatever. <laughs> I, I, got, I got plenty of money to give to Uncle Sam later on. So, you right. I mean, this is why I hate backup plans because number one, you're wasting money to, to do something you don't want to be doing. And number two, it's a distraction from allowing you to do these other things that need you need to, to continue to reassure you and give you that motivation that, that becoming a physician is, is what you want. So... I just, I also like the thing is like, man, like what the heck people with like great GPAs, great stories, like in my program, like they like, I just, I'm like so confused. Cause I have a friend who, you know, perfect GPA undergrad and post back, you know, great research stuff outside, whatever, great yep. story, great personality, great human. Yeah. <laughs> and she only get gets in. into one school. Well, she got in, right? It only takes one. I mean, yeah, but I'm like, I can't even, I'm not even half of her. (laughs) You you, you can't, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot play the comparison game. Because, Because you do not have full context on who that person is. You assume that she's telling you the truth and she has a 4 0. You assume that she's telling you the truth and she has this great MCAT score, right? And maybe you've seen her stats and that's that's fine. You assume that she's done all these amazing things. You assume that she knows actually how to tell that story in an application. If you've watched any of my application renovation videos, there are 3.8, 3.9, 522 students out there not getting any interviews, not getting any acceptances because they're horrible at either recognizing why they want to be a doctor and telling their story, or they completely misunderstand what I think the application process is, and that's telling your story, right? And so they're out there going, I'm amazing, I'm compassionate, I'm hardworking, I am dedicated, I am the most special person you're ever going to admit, right? And they just come off as arrogant twats. (laughs) Like, it's just, (laughs) you see it in in application renovation. Like, I I don't want to talk to you. So... (laughs) So people, especially with your backer, right, playing the violin, like that immediately is going to give you a leg up because an interviewer is going to go, oh, that's really cool. I want to talk to this person because that's who you are. That's your story. But don't use the violin story as, well, playing violin taught me to be hardworking and to practice a lot and to be very motivated at my craft. And I'm looking forward to continue that same motivation in medical school where I can turn that into blah, blah, blah. Like that's what people do. And it's the wrong thing to do. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, to me, violin is almost like a failure story. 
I wish I was good enough to like, be like, Oh yeah, I got into that LA Phil, <laughs> you know, like it's more of like a heartbreaking breakup kind of a thing where yeah. it's a process for me to mourn and be like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like switch. Um, yeah. that took years, but um, it's still a part of who you are. And I'm sure you still play to this day. Right. I last cycle, I worked with a student who was a professional golfer. And at some point he realized he was never going to be Tiger Woods. And so he quit trying to be Tiger Woods and he is now in medical school. So there are lots of you out there, people who have this one passion, realize, oh, I'm not the best at this. I'm, I, I was the best for the, the one like block that I lived in. Uh, and that was great. I love playing the violin. It's a huge part of who I am. But now it's I'm on to the next thing. Right just tell that story and that's and that's perfectly fine again the mistake the students make is they get super arrogant with with the skills that they learned and how it's going to prepare them to be a great doctor and 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 that's where students with great stats and 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 great experiences that's where they lose in this application game it's interesting though because for grad school applications i thought you're supposed to show people that you have what it takes to be in the program. But I guess stats tell you that. And then you have to just be you. You have to be you, <laughs> right? People, it, it, at the end of the day, this, this, is, this is where I think students forget. At the end of the day, humans are humans. And humans in this, in this world have to interact with other humans. And this comes out to the forefront for residency interviews more than any other part of this journey maybe just as much when you're actually applying for a job and, and uh, the, the partners that you're going to work with and the colleagues and other physicians that you're going to work with. When you're applying for residency interviews, you are interviewing them just as much as they are interviewing you. And really the question they're asking themselves is not, are you smart enough or do you know enough? Because a lot of it you'll learn there. Right? Medical school doesn't teach you how to be a doctor. Medical school teaches you how to learn things. And then residency teaches you how to learn more things very specific to the field that you want to go into. And then you're working on your skills for that specific field, whatever. But the biggest question that, that residents and residency program directors are asking themselves is, do I want to hang out with you for the next three years, four years, five years, seven years, whatever it is, in the hospital, 80 hours a week, are you going to be that arrogant twat who comes across in an application of like, oh, look at me, I'm the best? Or are you going to be someone who I'm just like, like, let's go get drinks after work because work sucks and it's really hard and I'm a little burnt out and I need to talk about it. So let's go get grab some drinks. And, and, and you go back and go, okay, well, that's residency and that's maybe applying for a job. And you go back and well, medical school is the same exact thing. But instead of the application reviewers and interviewers going, do I want to hang out with you and have a drink with you? It's, are you going to get along with the rest of the class that we're building? Mm. Right? Because residency is five people, six people, 10 people, 30 people, maybe at bigger internal medicine programs. They're smaller. Medical school classes, for the most part, 100, 120, 150, bigger ones, 200, um, some smaller ones, whatever, right? But they're asking, can I see you fit in or are you going to be a distraction because you're going to want to take the spotlight away from everyone else? 
which is what happens when these arrogant people in their applications go, look at how amazing I am. I am the best. And, and the reviewers are like, well, I don't want to talk to the best. I just want to talk to someone who understands who they are, understands why they're on this journey, so on and so forth, right? And I can see them fitting in here. And I can see that they want to fit in, not that they want to be the best. And so I think for any job application, anywhere, you should be showing not that you're the best, but that you're a normal human being and you know how to tell your story and you know how to make it relate to other people because that's what life is. It's relating to other people. That's deep. (laughs) So what else you got? Is that it? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was pretty much the, the crux. I mean, yeah, all I, I guess I'm just preparing for the MCAT. Um, for January, yeah. which also is another struggle of its own because I haven't taken, it's been a while since I've done chem and physics, um, nope. all that stuff, but yeah, it's okay. It'll, it'll be worth it. So <laughs> full length exams requirements is double AMC and then a backup blueprint exams. If you, if you haven't checked out blueprint full length exams yet, you get, I have all of those. Yes. Blueprint. Yes. Good job. Good job. You've been paying attention. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, awesome. They, they are the, the second best, right? It's, it's, you never like, I'm the second best, but for, for blueprint for MCAT full length exam, second best is perfect right behind the double AMC, uh, exam. So that's good. Um, the goal for you is to, to do content review as quickly as possible, get into those full length exams, get into the Q banks, just start answering questions, start thinking like an MCAT writer and, and really try to understand what they're, they're getting at because that's what the test is. It's a, it's a thinking test and not a, not a science test. So, um, I, I have all the faith in you that you'll, you'll go out there and crush it. (laughs) Thank you. You I'll work hard. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Anything else I can help you with? No, that's all. Thank you so, so, so much for your time and your input. It kind of like calmed down a part of the anxiety I had about, you know, the whole transferring commitment issues. (laughs) Good. Because now I'm just focusing on the wrong stuff, right? Like I should be focusing on self-care, confidence, (laughs) <laughs> getting more clinical experience, doing well in my MCAT. There you go. And stop yeah. comparing yourself to those other students. All right. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Ray. You are welcome. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. 